Welcome back to Six Pennies Podcast. I'm back. I'm back. I'll be Yether. <laughs> wow. You're back already? I'm so excited. Yeah. Man, congratulations, man. It's it's only been like eight hours and you're, you're already back. No, it's been like 10 days, nine days or so. Um, baby's doing really well. Uh, mommy's doing well, too. And I think we're just lucky. She's uh, she's a good kid so far. Easy to easy to handle. And we have grandparents in town to help out. So it's pretty nice. Um, well, Alberta, how long did it take Alberta, you? Alberta, right? Alberta. No, too. it's not not Alberta. Um, how long was it before you came back to podcast? Maybe like a few weeks. Yeah, it's definitely longer than you. But I played basketball the week of. Yeah, yeah like very proud. Of I, I thought about playing basketball the, uh, yesterday, and uh, I, did, I don't think I could have gotten away with it. So I'm glad I didn't actually try. Um, but yeah, I mean, having another little kid, um, little baby, makes me really think about my family and making sure my family's protected. Um, I know you've got a family. A lot of our listeners have young families out there. And one of the most important things you need is a good insurance plan for your family uh, to make sure they're protected in case of an unexpected emergency. Uh, and so we recommend Derek Shaw at Farmers Insurance. They've been sponsoring our podcast from the very beginning. Uh, we love D. Shaw. Uh, we've known him since college. He's one of the, the best, most trustworthy, honest guys that we know. Uh, so whether it's for home or life or auto insurance, give him a call, send him a text. His number is 214-729-6462, and he'll give you a free quote. Um, he'll give you honest advice, too, and, and just to make sure you get the best coverage possible. You can also find everything about Deshaw at facebook.com slash Derek Shaw Insurance. And he's going to hook you up with discounts uh, if you mention Six Pays Podcast for sure. Um, and also if you uh, work for various companies, I think there's some discounts out there. Um, or if you have a new roof, uh, certain types of houses as well. So uh, once again, that's Derek Shaw with Farmers Insurance. His number is 214-729-6462. Thanks, D-Shaw. Awesome. All right. It is uh, trade deadline time, NBA trade deadline. Um, Rumors out there abound, a a couple trades already. So we're going to dive right into that. But right before we start, um, I'm kind of disappointed that I missed the last podcast that you and Mock um, talked about Kobe. Um, I listened to it while I was at the hospital, and it was a great pod. I'm, I'm glad that you guys got to talk through a lot of it. I know it's really emotional, tough experience for you in particular. Um, I just wanted to like give like a minute of my thoughts. Is that okay? Yes, go ahead. Uh, I'm I'm in a, a really similar boat, I think, to both of you guys. Kind of some ups and downs in terms of our like um, feelings towards Kobe over the years, our relationship with him. Even though it's not a real relationship, but you know, of course, him coming out of high school and being flashy, and we all thought he was pretty awesome um, through the first three championships and then um, kind of a, a big downhill after that, just watching kind of the, the Kobe ball stuff and um, uh, the one-on-one, you know, just taking over everything, um, uh, clenching his teeth and yelling at teammates and uh, the whole Colorado case, obviously. And then kind of turned around somewhere between, I guess, uh, after the, the, the next two championships um, somewhere between there and and when he started to decline in, in his last few years, it definitely turned. And, and I, I know that you guys, you, you mentioned your meetup with Kobe. And so um, I had one story, too, where I met Kobe. I don't know if you know about that. Oh, let's hear it. Um, well, so I, I, of course, work for Coca-Cola and we have Vitamin Water, which is um, a Kobe Bryant brand. Um, I think he was with Vitamin Water from the beginning. And we had some events um, that I got to go to where it was like a meet and greet with Kobe uh, after a Lakers game. So we went to the suite to watch a Laker game. And then afterwards we went to this little room, um, downstairs, like in Staples center, not a little room, but like a, a small area in Staples center. And they kind of just 
we're sitting there waiting for him to come out. I guess I, my thought was we get to like all like say hi to him or something and um, mm-hmm. go. Uh, but we, we sat there, we're just waiting. And then I just remember really distinctly him coming into the room. It was like everything in the room kind of stopped. Obviously, we're there to see Kobe, so that's obvious. But he oh, just like around around what time frame was this? Oh, sorry, this is 2012. 2012. I think 2012, okay. maybe 2013 already. Um, but he just kind of like glided into the room. He had like a, a presence about him. He was like so smooth the way he walked through. He was wearing like a cool like maroon um, blazer, which was I don't know, it was just awesome. And then he talks for a few minutes. I think so, uh, the you know there's a guy kind of moderating who. Um, who asked him a couple questions, had him talk a little bit, and then they asked for audience questions. I don't know if anybody was prepared for that, and I wasn't either, but I just decided to ask him. This was around the time where he still was pretty beefing with Shaq uh, and had just come off the championships with with Pau and Odom and all those guys. And so I asked him who was the best player that he played with, you know, kind of try to trap him, see if he was going to say somebody other than Shaq. Mm-hmm. He just kind of like, kind of just shook his head and was like, Shaq, come on, man. I don't know. This is everything about that experience. And then we all got to like go up there and like take a picture with him, meet him and and leave. The whole experience was just like, it was so like um, amazing just how, how cool he was, how collected he was, how good he was with people. Um, and just the way he was talking with everyone. I just, I just really enjoyed it. No, that's amazing, man. Uh, it's, it's really good that really cool that you brought him up. It's been, I guess, over a week now and um again more stories are coming out and I'm, I'm glad you i'm glad you were able to share that 2012 so 2013 you said after the pal yeah i mean that's when it started turning for me in terms of like becoming a fan again so that's pretty cool yeah it's funny because it's like it's kind of when things started going downhill that's when we started becoming fans again. <laughs> yeah yeah and exactly. then especially like when he was injured he was like doing all the mamba posts like on, on social media and stuff and then uh, Post retirement too, I just started liking him more and more. But, but man, props, props to that guy in terms of like the just his. I know we the previous podcast. If you guys haven't heard, we did a retrospective on Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and and what everything meant to us in terms of that tragedy a couple weeks ago. But I wanted to point out how that guy pay, played through so many different injuries. I remember one time we were. We were in LA together, obviously, and you were just like so mad that he was dominating with a broken finger. Like he, he literally just broke a finger in the game, kept playing, and still like scored all these points. Like it's amazing what, like he is the definition of mind over matter, in my opinion, in terms of sports athletes. Yeah, I mean the epitome of that really is the Achilles. Um, Right walking. after the Achilles yeah. injury, not not just walking, but then taking two free throws and then just trying to walk off the court by himself. Like apparently, um, there are reports of him. Yeah, reports of him like walking off the court, but asking the trainer to just shoot him up so he can finish the game. Yeah, that's crazy. Insane. Yeah, there is the there is the one uh, video I think that was rolling out there too. I don't know if it's he, he didn't break his finger. I think he like dislocated something. He, like he's walking to the bench and he just gets his trainer to pop it back in and you can see him like wincing in pain and then he just like turns around and goes back on the court. Yeah, back to um, normal. Man, that's insane. Crazy. All right, that was uh, three four minutes on Kobe. I think um, well deserved. We missed that guy already. Um, it's crazy how much that's impacted uh, so many different people. Um, but let's get to the trade deadline. Uh, we're here. It's um, trade deadline is Thursday at 2 p.m. Central Time. We're recording this Wednesday um, around 2 p.m. Central Time. So 
a lot of things might come before this podcast comes out. We'll try to get it out as quickly as possible. There's been one big deal already, um, and it involves my team. It involves the Rockets. Uh, Clint Capella heading out of town. What did you think about this deal? I'm, I'm pouring, I'm pouring a, a fake drink out for Daryl Morey right now. Like, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we texted he's, last night. I think right he's when done. It, right when it happened. Uh, I mean, the, it's a four-team deal, 12 players involved. I'm not going to go over everything. Uh, but the Rockets give up Capella and Nene, and we get Parsons. Uh, not Parsons. We get, uh, thank goodness, not Parsons. We get uh, Robert Covington and Jordan Bell. We also had to give up a first-round pick. Um, Minnesota is the one that picks up Evan Turner. Um, Denver um, is involved in this. They kind of pick up some scrap pieces. Atlanta is the other big one that, uh, that gets to get Capella. Um, and really what this means is that the Rockets um, get to get under the, the tax for the year. Uh, we go from being $5.8 million over the tax to being um, – I'm sorry. We we go from being like slight, slightly over. We're slightly over now. Oh, we're yeah. five point eight below. So actually, yeah. it gives us quite a bit of room for us to do something now um, in terms of picking up another player. I think uh, Capella made fifteen million or so this year. It goes up to maybe eighteen, nineteen I mean, in the next you guys, couple years. You guys have to pick up someone above six foot seven. <laughs> I mean, do we though? We're we're going all six six and under. I mean, what was it like? The last time someone started with that lineup was like nineteen sixty eight. Yeah. If you want to bring it back to the sixties, I guess Houston's doing it right. You didn't you did uh fail to mention one guy during the I think it's twelve player trade. I'm really high on him is um Malik Beasley. He's yes, in Minnesota. Yes. Yeah. Um I don't know if he's gonna get to like play. I think he's gonna play, but with um the rumored acquisition of D'Angelo, um I don't know. I just wanted to point out Malik Beasley to me out of Capella is probably the best player. Outside of Capella. Yeah. yeah, definitely a good call. Um, I missed him on this list. There's just too many guys involved. But, I mean, for Minnesota, I, I think they made an awesome trade. Uh, I don't know why Robert Covington is worth so much to the entire league. I don't know why there's a bidding war for him. Um, the Rockets actually had him briefly at the beginning of his career. And then he was pretty solid in Philly. He's, he's like a prototypical 3 and D guy. He's on a good contract. I think he makes uh, like $11 million this year. Um, that's all nice. Uh, I don't understand why that would require a first round pick. And um, they were trying to get two first round picks. They got yeah. some young players in Beasley. Um, they got Hernan Gomez too, right? Yes. I mean, you that's, would, a, that's yeah, a pretty so regarding, call. Yeah. Regarding Covington, um, prior to, to this year, I would say that was a really valuable piece. I mean, I think a lot of people would give up a first round pick. It's just, He's he hasn't had the great the greatest of years, but I think a lot of that has to do with his circumstance. I think Minnesota is just terrible. Um, I think there's a lot of good individual talented players there. They just don't play well as a team. I mean, have you seen the Carl Anthony Towns stat? Like he started the last 17 games and have gone 0 and 17. He hasn't won anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of won nuts. since like Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. But um, you know. Rocco's skills are still there, and I think he's going to fit very well with a James Harden and, and Westbrook 3D wing player. So yeah, I mean, we texted last night. I was yeah, I was pretty upset um, at the trade. I said it was very clearly a Fertitta deal to get under the tax and to get rid of mm-hmm. Capella. Um, but I'll tell you what, I've I've turned around on it a little bit since then uh, in the last uh, 15 hours or so. I, I feel like man. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the bargaining phase um, where you realize that Capella has not been that good uh, since maybe three years ago when he was a rim-running center who was really cheap. Um, when we you know, start paying him a little bit more money and realize that he just can't get to a better conditioning rate, still can't really be that great of a defender. Um, and then he can't shoot at all. It's, it's a big problem because in this NBA, pretty much everybody has to shoot. And if you just have a rim-running big who's just okay at defense, you can kind of fill that in with uh, a couple other guys. So... Jordan Bell, um, there's some rumors now that the Rockets are trying to get somebody else from the Eastern Conference. I don't really care or know who that is. Yeah. Um, but I think Robert Covington might be the uh, you know much, a much better fit and a much better um, piece for us moving forward for the next couple of years. I, I still don't believe in this team at all. I, I still don't like the Rockets, um, as we've detailed on previous podcasts. But I am talking myself into the trade a little bit more. The one thing I don't like is giving up a pick. I don't understand why we would give up picks. Uh, but again, I guess it's a Fertitta move. Yeah, I mean, um, Clint Capella. I would say he's a little. I would say he's a little overrated. I think a lot of his numbers are inflated due to playing yeah. with James Harden, especially two, three years ago. Um, but for what he is, a rim running big man that can finish when he when he wants to. I think that's his problem. Is sometimes he lays it up instead of, instead of dunks it, but. Um, I don't know. I think he's going to be pretty good in in Atlanta. It's all it's all expectations. He's okay. I think like I think if he's if he's expected to be the starting center of a championship caliber team, then yeah, that's probably expecting too much. But if he's on Atlanta, who's always going to be mediocre and maybe compete for a playoff uh, spot like a year or two down the road, then he might be a, a you know a viable piece. I mean, he's. He was supposed to be our third guy, so yeah, he's definitely underqualified for that. Um, what I'm, what I've read to his about defense, Atlanta, I would say to his defense though, he was really only bad against one team in in particular, and he was pretty great against everyone else. Like he didn't he dominate Rudy Gobert like two years in a row. He owns like other other like really high you know high end centers. It's really just the Golden State Warriors. They just knew how to exploit him, and I think he just mentally checked out. I think I just don't trust him. Something about basketball players that wear t-shirts under their shirt, their jerseys. <laughs> Jeez. I, I don't just, I don't just trust. I just don't trust the guy with sleeves. I, I don't know. Um, Eric Gordon. Yeah, I mean, Eric Gordon's okay. He, he's good. He scores fifty points. I don't know. Um, I just think like with Atlanta, I've read that, you know, he's kind of there to uh, make John Collins expendable, right? Because they're going to have to extend him soon and pay him more. Like, why why couldn't we just get John Collins? Like, get a young guy who has some potential at least. Uh, Just take a shot with somebody. I I just, I I really don't understand giving up more uh, to get rid of Capella, who's like pretty good instead of, you know, getting at least something else in return besides Covington. Yeah, if you look at it from a micro level, if you're giving up your starting center who, you know, a year, just basically a year ago was, you know, super, super high valued um, and a first round draft pick, you would imagine you're going to get more than Covington back. With that being said, um, I mean, I agree with you. I think this is more of the owner. I think Maury is definitely um, has his hands tied and he's just doing whatever that is um, okaying with the owner, and that's to get under a luxury tax, which sucks. I mean, at the end of the day, I think you guys potentially have two 
Um, I mean, you definitely have one superstar in Harden. You have a fading superstar in, in Westbrook. But when it comes to the playoffs, in my opinion, it's all about the stars. It's all about the individual players. And it's sad that you guys are this close and have been this close, and the owner just decides to go the other way. Sounds kind of like the Red Sox with Mickey Betts, huh? Just got plenty of money, but just man, uh, you just are give away the guys. Base, I'm all baseball about baseball, expert, dude. man. Yeah. It's your you know old it. team. It's going to be Dodgers, LA versus New York this year, right? Probably at this point. Um, wrong topic. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's pretty disappointing to see everything that's going on with the Rockets. Uh, we can pour one out for them, and I'm I'm pretty done talking about them. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I know so you're I was, enjoying it. I, I have a, <laughs> I, I definitely am enjoying it, but I am also very high in Maury. So I'm scared where he's going to go next because I think this is his last year in Houston. And if he goes to a up and coming team, I'm hoping it's the East Eastern Conference, so we don't have to deal with them. But if he goes to a team with an owner that um, aligns with his thinking, it's going to be a scary tandem because um, I'm I think very highly of Maury. This. The the move yesterday did not feel more like a Mori deal at all. Like nothing about it felt like Daryl Mori. And so, well, yeah, I mean, Co- Covington is Covington is probably a Mori kind of guy. Um, but like you said, like he or I mean, we mentioned Capella being overrated. I mean, the good news about Covington is he's not going to get more overrated here in Houston because he is as overrated as possible already. <laughs> uh, but he's definitely he's definitely the kind of guy I think that Mori would get. I think he's just the kind of guy that we would have gotten when he was on a cheap contract and he would have been used to fill in um, instead of an expensive guy. And now he's, you know, kind of that, that medium expensive guy himself. Yep. I would say uh, one final thing is I'm, I'm in a slack with a bunch of Dallas Mavericks fans. And um, I was just telling them how this is in recent years, this is one of the few times where I'm actually like not pissed off because usually it's Dallas that is doing something that's, um, you know, overpaying for someone or not even making a move. And it's always Daryl Morey in Houston that just did something amazing or, like, pulled something out of his butt. You know, like, the fact that this year we got Willie Cauley-Snein on, like, a very, very team-friendly trade. And then I know you're you're higher on the move now, but I still think it's a terrible move. But the fact that Houston did what they did yesterday, again, this is the first time where I'm not like, ugh, I wish we had Daryl Morey. That's true. The trade deadline is normally a magical time of the year for the Rockets. That's enough. No more Rockets talk. Uh, while we're on the topic of Dallas, though, um, Tasty Tales is in, in the Dallas area. It's in Richardson, Texas. It's one of your favorite spots. I know you're there all the time eating some delicious um, New Orleans-style Cajun seafood. And uh, were you there for Super Bowl? No, you, you weren't there for Super Bowl Sunday. Right? I wasn't there for Super Bowl, but I was there the Friday before the Super Bowl. And nice. uh, we were there with a few friends. Having a couple of drinks, definitely uh, get, getting the Six Pennies podcast discount and treatment. When I say nice. treatment, uh, Michelle came out and you know gave us free drinks herself. So she started drinking wow. with us, gave us shots. It was a it was a great time. We love Tasty Tales. Um, they have amazing food, um, amazing amazing drink specials and lunch specials. Um, but the thing that we are um, really proud of with our partnership with them is they are very involved in community. So. Um, Michelle herself is personally, I think, one of the founders of a nonprofit. So she does that when she's not at Tasty Tales working behind the bar. So um, please, if you guys are in town, if you guys are craving crawfish, season is coming up. 
um, go to Tasty Tales uh, in Richardson, Texas, right there off 75 and Beltline. And uh, if you mention Six Pennies Podcast, you'll get 15% off your entire bill. Can't guarantee you're going to get any free drinks, but 15% is pretty good, too. I, I would take that. Um, and I hear their their po' boys are pretty great, so next time I'm in town, got to check it out. I've been saying that for a year, huh? We just got to get Michelle to open up a Tasty Tales in Houston. That's all we need. That'll do it. <laughs> all right, let's let's go on to uh, to the rest of the league. And really, it's just rumors right now. Who are you most interested in? I mean, there's not that many big names out there. Are there any that are particularly intriguing to you? Um, so I think D'Angelo Russell is going to link up with his BFF, Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. Um, I mean, I think, I, don't, I think they would both like that, but it doesn't sound like that deal is getting done. I just don't know, like why why they would want to go to minnesota is just because i don't know like d'angelo russell you're in a good situation in in golden state and obviously they sign d'angelo with the thought of you know maybe you know like maybe pairing him with steph but at the same time they they thought about just signing him and using him as an asset so that's what they're doing now and um the fact that they're looking to move him and if the Warriors get back like two first-round picks and a starter, something ridiculous like that, I'm going to be pretty upset. It's you know, in the latest rumors, I guess they were connected in the big four-team deal um, that that they ended up not being a part of. But I was we were seeing that Wiggins was supposed to be going to Golden State in that deal, which would kind of explain a little bit more if uh, the Warriors were to get some draft assets there. Um, but of course, that's not happening now. I, I can't really imagine Wiggins going to Golden State. Can you? No, but A, I'm very low on Wiggins, but to me, he's still young. I feel like if given the right coach and system, he can actually flourish. And if he, if he's on the Warriors and he's like the fourth option, that's pretty damn good. So if he was Harrison Barnes? Yeah, he's basically Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes to me is better, but yeah. Well, yeah, Wiggins can't shoot. I mean, he's, uh, he's still only 24 years old, uh, about to be 25, so I mean... Pretty young. I guess he still is, um, you know, still has some potential, but I, I would not cross my fingers and, and take a shot with him when he makes $30 million a year. Uh, so that's that's D'Angelo Russell. I mean, there's also rumors of him going to New York, right? Or the Knicks trying to get him. Of course, they have nothing to offer, right? Yeah, I mean, the Knicks, there's a lot of, like, big names, um, but a lot of that is just because they're the New York Knicks. So Alonzo Trier, who basically doesn't even play anymore. Um, Kevin Knox was a big name for a while. Mitchell Robinson. Like, all these guys who had their time in the sun for 15 minutes, um, at this at the end of the day, are just, they're still projects. The best thing about the Knicks, uh, or the most valuable assets, in my opinion, are the draft picks. And even then, like, I don't know. You're still giving up D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, I don't see it happening. I mean, even Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Frankie Smokes, like, no, none of it is enough. Does DSJ um, have any value at this point? I feel sorry for him, then. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think he has any value. Like, does anybody want him at all? I don't I don't know, man. I mean, he, he went through a lot of personal things at the beginning of the season. I think that's really thrown him for a loop, but... Basketball-wise, it's just hard to build around uh, electric 
point guard or like potentially electric point guard, but is a terrible decision maker and can't shoot. You know, that's <laughs> it's hard. Like it's a bad that's combo, the difference yeah. between yeah, it's a difference between like someone like John Morant, who I think we all are very high on, um, and still still very young. He doesn't have a shot, but he has a really good feel for the game, and it's something that it's innate. I don't think it's something that can be taught. And um, and I used to be a really big Dennis Smith Jr. fan, but he's just not the type of player that can like lead a team, run a team like a John Morant. Yeah, tough for the Knicks. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, let's move on to Drew Holiday. He's one of the names that we've heard coming out of New Orleans um, who have not have had the season they were, that they were expecting with, uh, with Zion, of course, sitting out most of the year so far. But they've picked it up lately. Uh, there's still talk, though, of Drew going to a different contender so that New Orleans can pick up some more assets. I think uh, with David Griffin there, I think he's always open to making trades for pretty much any of his guys um, besides Zion, of course. So what, what do you think about Drew Holiday? Do you think he is – I think people are, are saying like he would be like the piece that could push a you know somewhat contender over the edge. Do you think he really is, and who, where do you think he would fit well? So, yes, I do think he is. I'm very high on Drew Holiday personally. I don't understand why um, – you know, the reports that are coming out of New Orleans are saying that they're not going to move him because they want to – you know, go for that playoff spot. Yeah. Have they have they looked at the standings? Like There's I, like I don't, five teams ahead of them. I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that that mindset at all. Like, I I do I do understand that they have a very exciting young team. I mean, Brandon Ingram is legit. Lonzo Ball, I've I've watched the last like three He's or four so games because Zion is on national TV all the time. But Lonzo can shoot now. It's crazy. Yeah, like, he, he can actually shot shoot the three ball, ball very well. And then you have Zion, who's who's Zion, and um, those three guys are still young. They're like all under 22, 23 years old, and it just doesn't fit Drew Holiday's career arc. Same with JJ yep. Redick; it doesn't really fit him either. So, if I was Griff, and he's probably just playing hardball, but yep, it's time to move them. You know, like get something back and continue to build the team because. Um, no matter how high New Orleans can get in terms of potential, it's not going to happen with Drew or JJ. Yeah, you just have to think about like Drew is under contract for two more years. I think JJ only has, I think he only signed a two-year deal, so he's probably got one more year left. Like in the next one or two years, that like you're mentioning, like Zion, Ingram, Lonzo, they're not going to be ready to get to that next level anyway. So just by adding or keeping those guys right now, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. You might as well get some assets, get some um, uh, some space in your in your cap, which always helps your ownership, and, uh, and maybe get some assets too for the future so it can match up more with these guys growing a little bit. So, yeah, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I guess the question is where should or could he go um, to a team that's going to be willing to give up a lot for him? Some of the teams that we've heard mentioned have been uh, Miami has been a big one. Um, also seen a little bit about Denver. What do you think about those two teams? So Miami is sitting at 34 and 15, their fourth place in the East. If they pick up someone like Drew Holiday and not give up someone like uh, Tyler Hero. Um, I think they would have to, though, right? I mean, then I wouldn't do it. I'm pretty okay. you think Hero? You think Hero's better? Okay. Uh, I don't think he's better. I just Better asset, better prospect. Yeah. 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 But if, if you can somehow have Bam jimmy and drew together um, yeah i would say that's the second best team in the east well they got a they got a ton of like 
like medium salary kind of guys that aren't that good. So I, I don't know if, if that helps. Um, like, I, I don't know if they still believe in Justice Winslow or who might, because I guess he still could be good. They still have Dragic, right, who makes, I don't know how much, like 15 to $20 million a year. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, like, Olenek and Derek Jones Jr. They, they got, like, a number of different guys that could be decent. I don't know if anybody else is still interested in Deion Waiters, but I'm sure they could try to, you know, package all those guys together. No, that, uh, guy's, yeah, about I, to, that guy's about to eat gummy bears out of the league, and <laughs> he's done. I, I agree with you, though, that if the Heat were to get Drew Holiday on that team with Bam and Jimmy, uh, they would be a legitimate contender in the East. They're already, uh, you mentioned, they're tied for third in the East, and they're only um, a game and a half out of second. So, you know, once you get there, if you're going to make it to the conference finals, possibly, and, and play, I don't know, the Bucks or somebody, there's definitely a chance. Um, so yeah, it seems Jimmy, like that's a shot you got to take. Yeah, Jimmy Drew is a poor man's Kawhi PG. Like, they're, they would yeah. be a really scary tandem. On yeah, the sm- a smaller, but, uh, yeah, same kind of uh, defensive-minded wings. Um, okay, so what about if you were to stay in the West and go to the Nuggets, who are currently uh, half a game, they're half a yeah. game out of second, so they're... They're right there in the West. I, I think if they were able to make a trade that did not involve Jamal Murray and, of course, Jokic, that's pretty solid for them, too. Yeah, so you're right. Denver's 35-16, and 16, a game out or half a game out of second. Um, their biggest issue has always been defense, and Drew prides himself on the defensive end. Um, I think that would work. I just don't think it's enough to be – to be or to jump over the Clippers or the Lakers, maybe in the standings, but not in a playoff series. Um, yeah. So to answer your question, I think it would be the right move because it it potentially might get them get them to like a Western Conference Finals, but it's not going to be enough to get to the finals. Um, yeah, the West Drew, is just too stacked with the Clippers yeah, the and West, Lakers, huh? Yeah. I mean, just looking at the the top four seeds of each conference, you you definitely chose the two teams that would benefit from having him. Um, I think if someone like the Lakers were to get him, and obviously L.A. and Griff have done a lot of work recently together, um, if somehow the Lakers get him, then I think the championship's a wrap. Like, <laughs> with that being said, like um, if, if I'm Palinka and if he's confident that if Drew, if acquiring Drew Holiday... Uh, equals a, a championship. I would do everything that I could to get them, but they just don't have any assets. They just don't have enough. Like Kuzma plus, they have nothing. There's literally no, no other draft. It would be really say. funny if they trade Kuzma to New Orleans. Just yes. end up giving him to them as well, even though yeah. uh, he was the yeah. Only it's guy basically that was left. it's basically the Lakers of 2017, 2018. Yeah, 2018. Um, yeah, I, I do agree that uh, if they were to get a, a player like Drew Holiday, they would definitely be the the leading, you know, the favorite by far. The the reality is though, there's there's almost no way they can do that. Like they're more likely to get a fringe guy, like somebody that could help them a little bit. Um, there's been rumors about Bogdanovich from Sacramento. Of course, Iguodala has has always been um, listed as somebody out there as he's trying to get a buyout from Memphis or what, trade. What are your thoughts on Bogdanovich? I don't actually know that much about him. Um, I, he seems like he's good from what I've, you know, the few highlights I've seen and what everybody says about him. But he's he's not young. He's like 27 years old already. Is he good? So, so I think he's awesome. Oh, okay. Uh, the yeah. other Bogdanovich is in Utah, right? And he's also very good. 
the the one in Utah is solid and clutch and sneakily really good. But I'm talking about that one in Sacramento, the more slender. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he has handles. I think he has vision. His shot is awesome. I think if he was a different skin color, he would get a lot more press. But the fact that sure. he's he's European and he's in Sacramento, it hurts him. But um, I think if any team, any top contending team gets someone like him to be their third, like number three option, I think it's a huge win because I'm very, very high on him personally. Yeah, the funny thing, though, is that it's very unlikely that he'd be traded right now just because like the he's Serbian and so is um, the the team's Vlade. president. Vlade, yeah. So um, I don't know, like he, he can't trade like a, you know, his fellow Serbian guy, like an up and coming star who or good, great player who, um, you know, and just trade him for spare parts. That kind of sucks. Yeah. That's a good point. So where do you think Iguodala is going? Um, I think he's burning his bridge with Memphis, obviously. Well, so yeah, of I think Memphis is going to wait until he can't go anywhere and then release him. Like, I think he screwed himself. So you think if he had been playing part of the time that he would have had better chance to be traded? Or not go on national TV and, like, joke about his own team. So what really yeah, set off this, this this drama in the last 48 hours is he went on the jump last week, and this was prior to – no, this was two weeks ago. So this is prior to the Kobe news. So he went on the jump, and he started talking about you know guarding KD and LeBron and all that kind of stuff. But then Jalen Rose, and we both love Jalen Rose, he was like – um, props to Iggy for you know keep getting them checks. He's getting them from Memphis, and he hasn't even suited up once. You know, like J Rose is just trolling, being who he is. But Iggy like giggled and laughed and like winked too. And so I don't think mm. that rubbed the Memphis owners the right way. Definitely didn't oh, rub didn't the that. owners. I mean the fans, and then the yeah. players themselves who kind of called him out this past week and the whole John Morant Steph Curry thing, which was awesome. Um, I, I think his bridge is burned, and I think they're gonna do they're gonna do what's best in terms of screwing him over. So, huh? Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we kind of get to our last few, um, let's talk about our last sponsor, uh, Loan Factory. Um, buying a home is is a huge, huge decision uh, that you're gonna make. It's the most important purchase probably that you're gonna make in your lifetime. It's so complex, though. I realized that last year when we bought a home and there's all these little decisions every step of the way. So it helps to get expertise with uh, with any one of those little decisions to make the process smoother and faster. And that's where Loan Factory comes in. Uh, Billy Wynn is our guy at Loan Factory. He has about 15 years of experience, and he has the branch of Loan Factory out in Dallas, Texas. His team is working around the clock to help you get the best possible rates for financing or for refinancing your phone, your home. They work with um, over 40 different lenders to make sure you can get the best options to choose from, the best rates. They're always available to answer your questions or give you advice during the home buying process. Um, I know, Albie, you've gone through them. I know Mock has talked to him quite a bit as well. I don't know if he closed with them yet. Uh, but make sure to give Billy a call. His number is 469-585-4498. You can also find everything out about Loan Factory at facebook.com slash HQ. Once again, that's Billy Nguyen. His number is 469-585-4498. Cool. All right. Uh, who else do you want to talk about? You want to talk about your Mavs? Um, my Mavs, they're in a good spot. They've um, 
they've Man. really you sound so really, that is the happiest that you've sounded the past 35 yeah they've minutes. they've really Ooh. impressed me because there's been a lot of injuries obviously dwight powell's out for the year luca turn his ankle in in practice and is out for a minimum of six games i think we just went through two of them so far um kp's out just because we're managing his injuries but the mavs are continuing to to win like they just had a really nice win on the road in indy um with oladipo's return and all that but with that being said i don't think the mavs are going to finish in the top four because i think the top four in whatever order is already defined it's going to be both la teams utah and denver which i had expected all year long um so if they don't finish in the top four i just want to like make sure mavs fans temper their expectations like we're not going to win a playoff series. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't think that they could take one from Utah or Denver? No, I don't. Oh, okay, well, all right. Um, yeah, I mean, e- even if they could, I mean, that's great. They're going to get crushed the next round. Like it, like you had mentioned on a previous podcast, it's it's not their time yet. It's great to get in the get their feet wet to get in the door. They're going to make the playoffs, which is awesome already, and likely be a I don't know a six seed, maybe a five seed. Uh, that's really solid for this year. There's no need to do anything crazy right now. But I mean, I if, if they can get something for Courtney Lee or get some somebody who can be an upgrade for them, do you think they should do it now? Um, giving up, I don't know, like a second rounder or something, or is it kind so of so? How do how do trade exceptions work? Do they expire? They yeah, expire they, they expire year, after right? a year. Yeah, after a year. Yeah. So the the moves that we made this summer was awesome because a they were good moves, but at the same time it really it gave us a huge trade exception. So we had $18 million. Um, now it's down to, I think, 11 or 12 after the Kali Stein move. But we do have, have like you said, Courtney Lee just sitting there on the bench and this $12 million trade exception. So there is some flexibility to, to make a move. Um, and I think someone like a Covington was on their radar. But honestly... Dorian Finney-Smith has played better than him this year, and so wow. they're like, "Why? Why are we gonna, you know, pay for the same player essentially that's ten times more expensive?" And so, um, I think they're the. I think they're gonna stand pat, but I, I fully expect them to make a really big move this upcoming summer. Yeah, I mean, the only purpose, or the the good thing about trade exceptions, that you can bring in a player that uh, that costs more than you're sending out, right? And so you're helping a team who is, uh, you know, trying to get rid of some salary on their books. So, I mean, I guess the only way that works is if there's a guy that is, like, pretty good, that's kind of worth the money that the team is trying to get rid of. And it's hard to find who that guy is. I guess, like, Covington, I guess, kind of fits that, except Covington required, you know, assets to be sent out. He wasn't just a salary dump. Same goes for, like, Gallinari. I think, like, a lot of teams would want him, He's like, I don't know how much he makes, like 15 million bucks, 20 million bucks. Um, but he's like pretty good. It's not like people would just, it's not like the Thunder are just going to give him away for nothing. Especially from a team that's in the hunt, like OKC is playing very well. So they're not yeah, going to yeah. give Gallinari for nothing. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so I guess like if we're if we're at that point, like, you know, the Pelicans aren't giving away J.J. Redick or something. So it's like, I don't think there's anybody that you could really get right now that's going to move the needle that is worth using that exception on. So I'm with you. We man. mentioned we mentioned Stand them back. earlier, but I think I think I think Dragic might be that person, not for the oh, mask, but I think he might be that person where Miami oh, as a salary him. dump kind of guy. Yeah, 
All right. Any others that you want to talk about? No. Do you think there's going to be, um, you know, any major moves, or are we just going to talk about rumors until tomorrow? Like, is Drummond going to be moved? Yeah, I was, I was about to say Drummond. I, I think he might get moved. I, I don't really know or, or care where, but I think there's going to be something that, that pops up that's going to be a, a bigger name than we expect. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a good deadline, probably a handful of small moves out there as well that are going to help some of the contenders. So you think the contenders are going to move um, either the either L.A. teams, Milwaukee, Philly, Boston? Yeah, I mean, I think Philly is definitely needs to do something, right? I mean, I think Marcus Morris is going to one of these teams. Um, I think, well, Iguodala, if if for some reason Memphis decides to do it, like he's going to go to one of those teams, right? Darren Collison could sign with one of these teams. There's there's definitely guys out there who are going to move uh, in the next couple of days that are going to um, change the landscape a bit. Yeah, good point. All right. Well, thanks for joining Six Pennies Podcast. Um, thanks for listening. As always, please uh, make sure to give us a rating on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, um, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.